The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. Will you pray with me? Lord, open our lips that our mouths might declare your praise. God, make speed to save us. Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I invite you to be seated for a minute. When are you standing up again? I told you the Celts were super Christians. They made everybody around them look bad by how Christian they were, with all their standing and praying. No, they none of them had seats. What? Nope, nobody had seats. That's how it worked. That's sad. Yeah. They didn't have chairs back then. Oh. Not inside the church. Usually, when the priest got up and started talking, everybody would like sit down on the floor, you know, which was fine. You had to like, you know, move a chicken out of the way or something, but you know, that that was okay. It was a family atmosphere. So some ways the world at that time is a little bit different than ours, but there are a lot of ways that it is honestly very similar. So a lot of times when we think about the, the Middle Ages, we don't think about it in terms of like early Middle Ages and middle Middle Ages and high Middle Ages. We just think about like King Arthur and Sir Lancelot and knights in shining armor and Merlin and, uh, and, and Robin Hood and like that's Middle Ages. We got to get that out of our heads. That's not what the world looked like during the Middle Ages, during during the the the, the early part of Christianity, the growth of Christianity in England. What I want you to picture in your mind is a Viking village. We've got some good images of that in our heads from from current uh, you know current media. There's lots of pictures of that around. So we it doesn't it doesn't take very long to sort of close our eyes and go, oh, I know exactly what you mean when you say a Viking village, right? Lots of thatched roofs and, uh, you know, wooden houses and wattle and daub and all of those kinds of things. And it was, uh, it, it was dirty back then. But here's what I want us to think about, okay? A lot of times when we think about a world that is pagan, what we think about is like ancient Rome or ancient Greece or ancient Egypt and like the height of their empire where there were these huge temples on all of the hillsides and you went in and there would be all of these people, you know, and they're, they're milling around and there's, you know, there's, there's big parties and circuses and performances and all kinds of things going on. But that's, that's a weird thing that only happens at like the major cultural centers in an empire. That's not what life looks like in, in everyday places. In everyday places, it looked like if you wanted to give a gift to a god, then you went over to that like little like credence table. There's, you know, there's a little like side table sitting over on the street next to that lamppost and there's like a tiny little awkwardly carved hand carved little thing and it's just sort of sitting there and then you go and pour milk on it like that's what paganism looks like that's what paganism looked like 
in, in the world that Aiden lived in. It, well, he wasn't confronting like priests who, who went up and did human sacrifices on hilltops, you know, surrounded by big stand, standing stones. What paganism looked like was Aiden going into people's homes, and in those homes there was a hearth, right? The hearth was really the center of the home. These, these homes, especially at that time, they had uh, a, a big fire that was burning in the middle of the room, and the, the, the roofs were conical so that all of the, the smoke would go out, but it would trap the heat inside, and they could, they could stay warm during long, cold, and wet winters. And so they would have this hearth, and then usually arranged on a, on, on a little special place near the hearth, or sometimes on a little alcove or a little cubby hole over in the side, they would have a little shelf, and there would be a tiny figurine, or there would be a little lump of, you know, a, a little metal figure or, or statue or something. It would just be sitting on that shelf. And that, to them, was worship. They would wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Odin, and off they would go on their day. Or they would, they, they would, they, they would you know, go outside and they would bring the, the milk in and they would say, thanks, Freya, and they would, off they would go. Like, that was what life looked like for them. So when Aiden came into this place, he wasn't coming to a place where, where he was facing false priests on the hillsides. That happened. That happened periodically throughout uh, throughout Christians. We, you guys have been studying about uh, about the lives of the saints, right? Yeah. So you guys have heard that sometimes there are you know big you know pagan priests up on hills trying to sacrifice people, and the, the Christians step in. But in Aiden's world, that's not what it looked like. It didn't look like trying to compete with with, with you know some big organized religion. It looked like ordinary people going about their ordinary lives trying to make sense out of their ordinary lives by themselves. It looked like them trying to, trying to look at the world around them and say, all right, so how can I get by today? And maybe these people promise that if I say the right things or I give the right offerings to this God, then maybe the harvest will come in. Or maybe if I, if, if I, you know, if, if I say the right things and I give the right gifts to, to this God, then uh, you know, maybe I'll be happy again. Or maybe if I if I if I make just if I sacrifice just the just the right amount of my of my harvest, uh, you know, then then maybe we will survive the winter. That's what pagan worship looked like in the world that Aiden was walking into. Now I want to ask you a question: How do you go into those places and convert them to Christianity? I want to ask a serious question of it: What? is it about our faith that can compete with that story? What is it? What is it about the faith of Christians that can compete with those stories? And this is why I ask that, because the world that Aiden lived in is not different from the one that we live in in any meaningful way. If you go into your friends' homes, you're going to find tiny little gods sitting on their shelves. And they're going to look different than the gods did back then, but they were still hoping that things would work out. And they were still doing whatever they could so that they could be happy. And they were still just hoping and hoping and hoping that, that they would be successful just this one time around. We surround ourselves with the things that we worship. And just like they did in, in Anglo-Saxon Britain, just like they did in the days of the Celts, just like they did during the Viking incursions, it's just the same as we do today. What is it about the Christian faith that makes us different? What is it about the Christian faith that breaks into that kind of darkness? That kind of darkness that sits in our heart, not a darkness where we're, you know, running around naked in the countryside worshiping demons, 
the kind of darkness that, that tells us that only if we like sacrifice something, then maybe we'll be happy or maybe we'll be successful. What is it that St. Aidan could say to them in those places in their lives right then? See, there was a guy that went out to these people who lived in this part of England before Aiden did. And when he went in, he went to all of the wealthy people and he got out his big books and he gave them very specific arguments, most of the time in a language that they didn't understand. And then when nobody converted to Christianity, he said, oh, well, these people are too stupid. That's the problem. So we went home. And he told all of the people that lived in the monastery with him, he's like, there's no point in sending anybody to, to that part of England because those people are too stupid to become Christians. And then there's this monk in the back of the room, and his name is Aiden. And he says, maybe you should have tried learning the language like ever. Why don't you start with talking to them instead of reading from books? They said, okay, well, if you think you're, you're so smart, you go and do it. So they made him a bishop, and they sent him with 11 guys to go and do it. And you know what he did when he got there? The, 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 the king said, I'm going to set aside this whole portion of, of my land, and you can have it. And Aiden said, no, I don't really want that. What I need is a quiet place where I can be in the presence of Jesus. And so he took his monks, and they moved to a little island that was just off the shore. And the neat thing about this island is that you can only get to it for about 12 hours during the day. And when the, when the high tide comes in, it floods the, the sort of mud flats that are all around, and you can't get out there. And then when the tide goes back down, then you can walk back and forth to the mainland. So you know what Aiden would do? When the tide was low, Aiden would leave the island, and he would go out into the countryside, and he would walk from one house to the next to the next. And when he got to that house, do you know what he said? He said, what king do you follow? What king do you follow? And if the people who were in that house said, oh, well, we follow the, 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 the real kings, so we, we follow the, the, the all-father, we follow, and they would you know, name the kinds of gods and lords that they worship, then he would say, let me tell you about the true God. The true God who gives hope. The true God who gives healing. Let me tell you about the true God who loves you so much that he came to set you free from your slavery to all of these things. He came so that you could be free. He came so that you could find joy. He came so that you could have real life, life that doesn't end. And sometimes they would say, that's stupid, go away. And so he would say, okay, and off he would go. And sometimes they would listen. And then he would say, do you want to be baptized? But sometimes he would get to people's houses and they said, well, we follow King Jesus. And then he would go into their, into their house. He said, tell me about how you follow King Jesus. And he would sit with them and he would share with them what life looked like for him and for his, his brothers, these monks that lived out on the island. He would invite them to come and worship with him. He would invite them to come and work beside them, to work in the fields, to work on the farms. He would invite them to come and work in the hospitals that they were setting up. He would invite them to come and feed the poor alongside of them. Because where Aiden went, the poor were fed. And where Aiden went, the sick were being healed. And where Aiden went, the hopeless found joy. Because Aiden didn't show up thinking that he had all of the answers that were going to solve their problems. 
He walked into those places knowing that the God who lived in his heart was a God who changes lives. He knew that the God who lived in his heart was a God who brings peace and joy and comfort and wholeness and salvation. That this is a God who can set us free from the other gods who are around us. That this is a God who can set us free from our sin. That this is a God who can set us free from death. Because he knew the God that was in his own heart. And he trusted him. And there's something about that trust that changes the people who are around you. It changes the way that they see you, and it changes the way that they see the rest of the world. People looked at St. Aidan, and when they looked at him, they saw Jesus. And there's a reason for that. Because when St. Aidan looked at them, he saw the face of Jesus. That's the difference. That's the difference between the little gods that sit on our, on, on our hearts, whether they're on our television stands or on our night tables or on our dinner tables or on our kitchen counters. The little gods that we keep around thinking that this is the thing that's going to make me happy. This is the thing that's going to make me healthy. This is the thing that's going to set me free from all of the things that I don't want to be enslaved to. The lies that they tell us is that we're not enough. But when Aiden looked at the people who were all around him, even when he looked at the people who said, no, that's stupid, I don't want to be a part of your religion, he still looked into their faces and he saw Jesus. And they could tell. And it was only a few short years before the community that lived with him on that island was too big to live on that island. And so they set up communities that were always within a few hours walk. And then those communities got too big and they set up more communities. And then those communities got too big and they set up more communities. And the Christianity that had been wiped away over the 300 years before that, since the, 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 the Roman troops stopped bringing stability to, to their country, suddenly Christianity was flourishing, not because it changed the halls of power, not because it was a place where people could get wealthy, not because it was, it, it was using the, the means of the world. It changed because people like Aiden walked among their neighbors. And when they saw their neighbors, they treated them as though they were seeing Jesus. And when we treat our neighbors like that, when we see Christ in the face of the strangers around us, they see Christ in us. And the Holy Spirit does a work that only the Holy Spirit can do, bringing peace and joy and comfort. And people can know the salvation that only comes from Jesus. But it doesn't happen because we have all of the fancy words and all of the right things to say, it happens because we love each other the way that we have been loved. It happens because we love our neighbors the way that we have been loved. It happens because when we go out as St. Aidan went out, when we love as St. Aidan loved, when we preach as St. Aidan preached, 
people are set free from their idols. And people have a chance finally to hear the voice of Jesus calling them to himself. That's how the world changes. When we walk out of this building tonight and choose to see Christ in every single face that we meet. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand together as we recite the creed. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.